Welcome to this Saturday episode, short episode of Dr. Dennis Beckett Sports Card Insights outtakes from uh, my recent co-hosting, co-panelist on Hobby Hotline, where the conversation took a turn that uh, I thought uh, listeners would benefit from. Again, I always recommend listening to the whole episode. It was a live episode, but uh, you can catch it uh, on uh, where podcasts are found. But it's Hobby Hotline every Saturday morning on about once a month, really enjoying that. And rather than uh, re, uh, re-recording something to say the same thing I said. I think it's more natural just to show how it came about with my co-host uh, Val Mars and Jeremy Lee. So we were batting it around quickly and it's simpler just to pass it on to you and hope that you're having a great uh, holiday season. So thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Comsi.com, Burbank, Sports Cards, Mike Stadium, Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, and Top Spinini and Upper Deck. So, uh, again, thanks everybody. Uh, stay safe this uh, this holiday season, and uh, enjoy this little snippet from Hobby Hotline uh, from uh, a week or so ago. And thank you. The one thing that I thought was interesting, I don't think anybody's really talked about it, was no more financial reports, the 10Qs, 10Ks, and the 8Ks, which, if you're not a business type person, is the peak behind the covers. I don't know what you guys think about that. Would that loss of that insight, or is that a good thing? I just think that we don't get it for any other company in the hobby. So is it really something we need or as a hobby, or is it just something that we were fortunate to have for a while? And to be honest, someone myself who's been collecting graded cards for decades, and it's not anything that I've ever gone to look at before. Not to say there's no use for it or that other people wouldn't find use out of it and that the hobby wouldn't enjoy some of that information, but it, it, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. I, I think that the trade-off... Here, I think the, the benefits will, will much outweigh any uh, negatives from this in terms of what you're raising. Those are my thoughts. I, th- I think we're much better off the way things are going to move forward. Val, good question. I basically used to own Collector's Universe stock back in the early days just for that reason, to get, <laughs> but it wasn't much of a peek under the covers. And frankly, it's one of the first bumps that uh, Nat Turner is going to pick up if this uh, deal is consummated, is to pick up one, two, three million dollars that falls to the bottom line because of not having that regulatory stuff to go through. So that's some easy money to save on not having to do all that regulatory stuff, which you articulated. I didn't think about that. You're right. Working for a public company, you have the Sybeans, obviously, as well as compliance to the SEC and stuff. You're right. So it, there is a little extra overhead or a lot a little, of extra a little overhead to, for that. To the tune of a few million dollars. It's yeah. more than a million, one, two, three million. I don't know how much it is, but it's probably in that range. I don't know that Nat and the uh, buying group was valuing it based on a price to earnings or future price to earnings. I'm sure they were in some sense, but like I said, that's one, two, $3 million that falls straight to the bottom line that you, know, you put a multiple on that. It could be worth a hundred million dollars to them from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. And what they can do with that money versus going to lawyers and accountants, it, it can do a lot of things to help the business, benefit all of us who want their services. Yeah. Great point. I guess the things that I liked were knowing how many cards were being graded and that I'm on the set registry, so I attend the set luncheons at the National, but they would talk about uh, number of cards they were grading per quarter or per month and as well as some of the other advances that were coming. So I don't doubt the new group will do very well and maybe hopefully help with that investment capital and help the process or speed things up a little bit as much as they can. Yeah, you got to think so. There's another factor, just that if you're a public company, you got to be careful in what you say, but you want to be like optimistic without over-promising. Whereas if you're a private company, you say, "Ah, we're doing okay. 
<laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, we're, uh, they could be raking in the cash, and they're like, we're just getting by. So, well, they they are raking in the cash because depending on the accounting, the you know generally accepted you know accounting principles, they get the money in the cards way up front. This backlog, they have the money, and where they uh, recognize that revenue, there are many large businesses that have had the luxury of deciding which quarter they want to put their revenue in to affect their stock price. So, again. PSA, Collectors University, bypassing all that. And all of my friends that are CEOs or board members of public companies, they prefer to be private. But it just, for some entities, it's just better to be public because of what you can do. But private is a lot less hassle. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I work in a public company and I can attest to the amount we spend on professional fees could be going into investing in our people, our brand, our process, other things. But instead, it those dollars have to leave the door and and to be private yeah you have much more flexibility i believe you have much more nimble and less red tape to go through with, with everything so i'm with you on that but uh overall i think the transaction is one that we're going to that will benefit the hobby but that, that's my feeling about the whole thing for sure for sure 